Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Matthew chapter 9, verse 16. This is Jesus. He says this, Who would mend worn-out clothing with new fabric? Okay. When the clothes shrinks, it'll rip, making the hole even worse than it was before. Verse 17. And who would pour out fresh new wine into an old wineskin? Eventually, the wine will ferment, make the wineskin burst, losing everything. When the wine spills and the wineskin bursts, it's ruined. Instead, New wine is always poured into a new wineskin so that both are preserved. Um, today, we're starting a little series that we're calling Grow, okay? And um, I am of the thought in the belief system that why do we wait to the beginning of the year to change things in our life, okay? That's just, um, it's just a system of the world. It's just something that was just, brought together. Uh, we all have this idea and this perspective of like, you know, it's a new year. It's a new calendar. You know, it's the first of the year. We're going to make all these commitments that we're not going to follow through with. You know what I mean? Like, amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I'm just of the thought of why don't we go into the new year with strength and not wait for the new year? Okay. Let, let's just go into the new year ready for God to do some explosive things in our life, okay? And so we're going to talk about how we can grow. And so Jesus is talking about that right here, okay? There's two things that Jesus is really talking about in this passage. And the first thing is this. He wants to show us that that the old law, okay, and the new covenant of grace, they don't mix together, okay? And, And there's a lot of times that in church life, we want to take grace and the law and mix it together. And Jesus is going, hey, this, that doesn't work. That, that thing doesn't come together. Okay. What Jesus is saying is this, that through the cross of Jesus Christ, okay, all that believe in him and put their faith in Jesus Christ, they are now under the new covenant of what? Grace. Amen. It's a good word. Okay. You need to be really thankful for grace. Okay, the moment that you're not thankful for grace is the moment that you will become a Pharisee really quick. Okay, I'm not trying to raise up a church of Pharisees. I'm trying to raise up a church of people passionate for Jesus. Okay, so here's what I want you to see. Okay, under law, this is what God said. Under law, the Old Testament law. He said, I will by no means clear the guilty, but I will visit the sins to the third and fourth generation." Isn't that interesting? This is what God said under law, okay? And it's amazing that until we get under grace, okay, we're still under the old covenant, okay? So it's really important to bring yourself and your family and your children and everybody you know under grace. I was having a conversation with Dr. Ryan a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about uh, people with um, alcoholism, We're talking about people that are alcoholics. And he said, it's interesting. They've done scientific studies that people who are alcoholics that are never saved, never come underneath grace, you'll see that they're to the third and fourth generation, they'll be alcoholics. 
and their families. Isn't that interesting? So grace is incredibly powerful because this is what Jesus, this is what the word tells us in the New Testament about grace, okay? It says this, I will be merciful to the unrighteous. Who's unrighteous in here? You all better put your hand up, okay? Every single one of you, okay? Bunch of liars in here today, all right? God said, I'll be merciful to the unrighteous. Their sins and lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Isn't that a great word? Great truth that because of the grace and the goodness of Jesus Christ, he says, I'll take your mistakes, failure, unrighteousness, and I'll remember it no more. Okay, so Jesus is showing us these two things don't mix, okay? He's showing us something what? Law is what? Man-centered. Grace is Jesus-centered. Grace puts our attention and focus clearly and slowly, uh, solely on Jesus. Let me show you this real quick. I got a few uh, examples for you we're gonna put on the screen for you, okay? Okay, the law was given through Moses, okay? All right? but it was given impersonally. Remember, Moses goes up the mountain. He gets the law. God speaks to him. God gives it to him, but it's not personal, okay? But under grace, when Jesus Christ comes, what happens? Jesus comes and personally shows us grace. Isn't that really good? Okay, let me show you another one, okay? Law demands that righteousness comes from sinful people, right? Under the law, these are sinful people that have to fulfill the law through their own strength. I don't know if I have that kind of strength, right? And I'll just be really honest with you. When I was growing up in church, uh, I saw church this way. Our pastor was here, and I was here, and I thought, I can never become that. I mean, he was just, he was perfect, I promise you. Like, he never said a swear word, ever. I was just, I mean, I would watch him hit his hand, and he'd just be like, darn it. And I'd be like, good for you. Man, I'm proud of you, Pastor, you know? He was nice to everybody. And I just thought, I'll never become that, right? So law demands righteousness through sinful people. But grace provides righteousness through the gift of Jesus Christ, okay? Let me do another one for you, okay? Law... Sin is remembered and punished. We just read it. Down to the third and fourth generation. Grace, sin is forgiven and remembered no more. Isn't that awesome? God doesn't remember this stuff. Law is man-centered, what you must do for God. Grace is Jesus-centered. It's all about him. So, what was grace designed for? That's the question. What did God bring grace for, and what was grace designed for? Grace was designed to give you an appetite, to make you hungry for Jesus, because you go, that's just too good to be true. That is just, God doesn't remember my sin. God forgave all my sin. Do you know what kind of a person I am on Wednesday? You know what I mean? Like, do you know the kind of emails that I write to my coworkers and I don't send them, but I want to send them? You know what I mean? Right? See, grace was designed to give us an appetite. It's kind of like this. Okay. I got some of my favorite things here today. Okay. All right. 
So they have these things called mini bonds, okay? Anybody a Cinnabon fan in the house, okay? All right? So there, there's these things called mini bonds, okay? I don't know about you, but if I eat a mini bond, it's just going to take me to a, a real bond, okay? Like the big bond, you know what I mean? So I might as well just go for the big one, okay? But what's the, what's the mini ones designed to do, okay? The mini ones are designed to do what? To give you a hunger, to give you an appetite, to get you to go what? No, 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 I need the big boy, right? Anybody want a Cinnabon? Kyle, you want a Cinnabon? No, okay, all right, here, here. Kyle, come here. Kyle, oh, come on, give it up for Kyle, everyone. Dave, I know you're a Cinnabon. You, I'll get, there we go. If you're new here today, you're like, oh, I like this church already. It's a good church. So grace is designed to give us a hunger and an appetite so we would go, I want more Jesus. I want to grow. I want to grow. Grow. Have it on the screen here today, okay? Listen, I'm not interested in not growing year to year. You shouldn't be either. That should be the passion of your soul. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and if you're not today, that's okay. You can become one at the end of service. I promise you it will be the greatest decision you ever make in your life. Amen? But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there should be a goal in your soul to go, I'm going to grow every year. Every year, I'm going to become more like Jesus. Every year, I have a hunger and an appetite for the things of God. Okay? It means this, that you take ownership of your own soul. Okay? Let me show you this picture, okay? Um, first picture, yeah, okay. So this is a picture of my middle son, Ben's foot, okay? You can see it's just girth, okay? It's just, I mean, they're the thickest feet in the world, okay? I mean, he could, he could land in a hole and turn his ankle and he'd be just fine, okay? All right? So show the next picture, okay? So this is him trying to get basketball socks on, okay? It is an ordeal, okay? We're at practice one day. Dave's, Dave's watching this. Ben is like, like pulling so hard to get this sock on. He's like, Dad, I need help with my basketball socks. I'm like, you're 12 years old. I refuse. I am done. I don't care if you don't wear socks anymore. You know what I mean? Who cares, right? What, what, am I, what am I trying to show you, okay? Ben's not an idiot. He knows how to put socks on. People are like, your son doesn't know how to put socks on? What's going on? It's basketball socks. They're thick, okay? It's foot thick. So here, here's what I'm trying to get to. I need Ben to grow, right? Like there comes an age and a time where, you know, when they're young, you're like, oh, that's cute. But then there comes an age and a time you're like, that's not cute anymore, right? I need him to take ownership of his life. And if, and if he doesn't take ownership of his life, and if he doesn't take ownership of his future, and he doesn't grow into a young man, if he doesn't grow into the man of God that God's calling him to do, me and Jess have failed. We failed. And so God goes, I need you to take ownership of your own soul. I need you to take ownership of your growth. I need you to become strong in me and in the Lord, okay? So that was the first thing, law, 
and grace. The second thing Jesus wants to show us is this. He's talking about putting new wine into an old wineskin. He's talking about something fresh, okay? He's talking about something fresh, okay? So sometimes Jesus is going, sometimes you're going to have to freshen up your relationship with me. Okay, you're going to have to, you remember how many of you are Nintendo people? Okay, old school Nintendo. Remember that button, that restart button? Sometimes you got to press restart. Okay, it's kind of like this. Okay, so I got this, this old basketball shoe. Okay, I've had these things for a long time. Somebody just got happy over here. And we're, somebody's just like, oh, wow, I like that. Okay, but listen, I've had these things for like, <clears throat> I want to say like 12 years. Okay, they are slick on the bottom, okay? The, the toe is pulling away. The leather's broken down. The fabric is worn out. They just feel, they don't feel, you know, comfortable anymore. The bottoms, the soles, the cushions, they're all worn out, okay? So sometimes, sometimes our relationship with Jesus can start to feel like this old, worn-out pair of shoes, right? Sometimes our heart and our place and passion for the Lord, it can get slick, like the bottom of a shoe. Like you can come in here, and man, the presence of God can be here, and the Word of God can be here, and truth and life can be here, and it's just like, it just slides off of you. Like nothing sticks. You're just like, I'm just kind of going to church. I'm just, I'm just kind of there. Or, you know, how many of you ever had a pair of shoes that squeak? The, the other day I was walking and Ben was like, what's that sound, dad? And I was like, I think it's my, my foot. <laughs> and I just was squeaking, you know? And I, ba- I mean, I was so upset. I almost wanted to take the shoe off and like throw it down the road. I mean, like, I hate that. Sometimes we become the squeaky shoe, right? Sometimes it's like we become the squeaky shoe in the church where it's like nothing's good enough. Everything Pastor Jeff is like, ah, I don't like him anymore. Hey, nah, let's get a new pastor, right? Sometimes, sometimes we become like Debbie Downer in life. Like everything's wrong. Everything's broken, right? Like sometimes we just get to this place and we're like, Jesus, grace, you know, his presence. We're like, yeah, 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 I've heard that all before. And, and we just become like this broken down pair of shoes. And, and the Lord wants to change that. And so here's my question, okay? If I have an old, worn out pair of broken down shoes, what do I need to do with these shoes? I need to get new shoes. Praise God. Amen? Come on, let's worship the king for that, okay? Right? Got to get a new pair of shoes. So what is it if you feel this way in your relationship with God? It's a great question. Because anybody who's ever served the Lord for any length and time and period with God knows that there are some high moments and there are some low moments. And so what do we do in these low moments? What do we do if we feel like our relationship with the Lord is worn out? I'll say this. I say we need to water the grass. And that'll take us to this first point. Okay, the first point is this. The grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. Ooh. The grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you choose to water it. Okay? 
Let me show you this verse. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, and you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. How many of you know you have a sinful nature? You do. We all do. Okay? Verse 17. The sinful nature craves to do evil, which is opposite of the Spirit. The Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of the sinful nature. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out good intentions. So let me give you an example. Over the last 90 days, my life's just been really busy. I've traveled a lot. I've gone to a lot of different places. It's just been a really busy season, long days, gave a lot of energy, gave a lot of Jesus, gave a lot of wisdom, okay? And so in in the middle of those days, those long, long days, my flesh, when I would get a free moment, would want to do what? Just check out, right? Do we all feel it? I know, you're all looking at me like, not me, I'm better than that, okay? So one day, I was watching, um, I, I had counted, I had eight different shows I was trying to watch, eight different ones, okay? And one day I was watching, it's this thing on, oh, what's it on? I think it's on, Amazon Prime, it's called Lulu Rich. Anybody ever see yeah, Lulu Rich? And I was like, I was just fascinated, just fascinated by the story of Lulu Row, okay? And, and one day the Lord goes, how many shows are you watching? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, count them. Like, I started counting them, like eight different shows. I just started realizing like every like free moment that I had, I was just checking out, just checking out just trying to watch something, trying to entertain my mind, trying to take my thoughts away from things, just trying to check out, okay? But here's the deal. The grass is greener where you water it. So I just had a real moment where the Lord was like, are you watering your soul? Are you feeling dry? Are you feeling, listen, When you feel dry, when you feel empty, when you feel distant from God, it has nothing to do with God. He's not angry. He's not frustrated. His heart hasn't changed for you. His love hasn't changed for you. He's not indifferent towards you. It's just one of those moments you have to ask yourself, am I watering my soul? Am I I spending, am I giving God opportunity to water my soul. So I felt the Holy Spirit challenge me in a few areas. Why? Because we got to grow. We're just continually growing. We're continually becoming more like the Lord. And so the Lord challenged me on a few different things. But when I started to respond to some of these things he was challenging me, I was like, oh no, these aren't just things for me. This is things for our body. Okay. So can somebody give me a water real quick? My throat is super dry. Sorry. So the first thing is this. Thanks. Give it up for Pastor Matt. Yeah. He's looking real nice today. Okay. First thing is this. God said, start a Bible reading plan. Start a Bible reading plan. Can you put up that picture? So here's the deal. I started a 90-day New Testament Bible reading plan. And then I thought, you know what? If it's good for me, it's good for the staff. 
So I had the staff start a 90-day Bible reading plan. And we put up this nice QR code. So what? So you could take your phone out right now, and you could scan this, and then you could start a 90-day New Testament. I'll get out of the way. Everybody's like, get out of the way. Okay. Testimony. Oh, great. Read the New Testimony. Oh, it is a testimony. Of, oh, praise God. It's prophetic. The OCD people are like, I'm never coming back to this church. Let me read you this verse. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing the good news. So how do I grow my faith? I got I to gotta water my faith, right? We all got to water our faith. We got we to water it with what? Truth, the word of God. All right, we got to water it. Philippians 4, verse 7 says this. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. Peace is to transcend your human reasoning and thoughts, okay? Will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on what is authentic, what is real, what is honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind. And fasten your thoughts, okay, on the goodness of God. So here's the deal. So I start doing this Bible plan, okay? And I recognize three things really quick when I started doing this. And I've read the Bible multiple, multiple times. But you see, that's the, hmm, gonna dance on the devil right now. Okay, listen, that's what happens in church. We go, well, I've read the Bible all the way through a couple of times. I'm good. I know it. No, you gotta, we, we gotta keep doing it. That, that's a trap from the enemy. That's a lie from the enemy to, to keep you out of the word of God, to make sure that your soul isn't fresh. And I fall into these same traps, okay? But I started realizing a couple things, okay? The first thing I realized was that I just had more peace in my soul. I was like, I just have more peace in my soul. <clears throat> and, and when I had more peace in my soul, I didn't feel as restless in my soul. And because I didn't feel so restless in my soul, it causes me not to like search the earth to find something to fill my soul. Does that make sense? So I just, the, the word of God just started bringing some more peace to my soul. The second thing I realized was that my thought life became so much more clear. It's the word of God that changes our thought life. And, and it just changed the way that I started thinking. And you know what was funny? Is that answers that I was looking for and really praying about, they just started coming. And what was interesting, the answers weren't even in the passages that I was reading. It's just that the word of God is in me and strengthening me, just renewing my mind, okay? The third thing that I realized was this. I'll be honest with you, I just started sleeping better. I just, I know, we're all like, man, I need a sleeping pill. Maybe you just need the Bible. I just started sleeping better. Why? I had more peace in my soul. 
I had more confidence about what God was doing in my life. Some of the problems and the worries and anxieties just started to fade because I was like, well, God's bigger than this. God's stronger than this. Why? Because I'm reading about it. I'm seeing about God's strength and his goodness and his life. Amen? So the Lord just said, hey, start a Bible plan. The second thing the Lord just spoke to me, he was like this. This one hurt. You ever have moments the Lord speaks to you and he's, you're like, oh, 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 gosh. You know, it's like, oh, no, God, no. Okay. <laughs> no, no. All right. That's a good one. Okay, here we go. The second, you're like, can we just get on with it, Pastor Jeff? Just move on. Listen, I'm just happy today, okay? Second thing was this. The Lord said, stop complaining about all your problems. And then you know what he said? He said, start prophesying to them. Stop complaining and start speaking to them. Let me show you some verses. Proverbs 15, 4. When you speak healing words, you offer others fruit from a tree of life. But unhealthy, negative words do nothing but crush their hopes. And guess what? They crush your hopes too. When, when I complain and words of death are coming out of my mouth, I am crushing my own faith. Because those words go out of my mouth, into my ears, and into my soul. Right? Proverbs 16, verse 24. Nothing's more appealing than speaking beautiful, life-giving words, for they release sweetness to our soul. Isn't that interesting? That when you speak out words of life, that they're sweet and they're refreshing to yourself, even though you're giving them to others, it refreshes your own soul. Proverbs 18, 21, it says, the tongue brings death and life, and those who love the talk will reap the consequences. So I had to really ask myself, like, what's coming out of my mouth? Like, I remember, like, the Lord challenged me on this, and then that night, like, I got home, and Jess looked at me, and she goes, what's wrong with you? And I was about to say, I'm really tired. And then I was like, I'm good. I had a great day, and tomorrow's going to be a great day. It's just a little change. I, I can speak over myself. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm worn out. I'm broke. I'm broke. Right? You, you can speak. Right? So I, so I knew this guy, Okay. And all this guy would ever talk about was this, a few different things. Number one, he'd always go, we'd play golf, and he'd go, man, my wife's a nun. She never wants to have sex with me. <laughs> okay? I was like, oh, cool. Glad to know. Thanks for the info. Super awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I swear to you, okay? All right? He'd go, oh, my job is so crazy, stressful all the time. He'd go, my kids are terrible. They're like little demons. He'd always talk about, we're always broke. We're never going to get out of debt. What did he have? He had an unhealthy sex life with his wife. 
His kids were demons. I remember like, I remember like being at like church and being like, oh, I'm going this way. Yeah, they're, they're some bad kids, you know what I mean? He had what he spoke. And listen, I understand life is hard. I understand there's real problems and I understand there's real moments. And I understand there is real stress. I just, I think it's one of those things that the Lord goes, stop speaking more death over that. Speak life to, why don't you speak life over your job? Why, why don't you bless your company? You're always like, I don't have enough money. Well, bless your company with your words. Declare in the name of Jesus that your company is going to have a banner year in the year of 22. And because they have a banner year, you're going to be a part of that. And when you're a part of that, you're going to get a raise because you spoke life over that. How about you speak life over your boss? Why don't you speak life over your spouse? Like those things that annoy you about your spouse, instead of speaking death over them, speak life over them. I mean, you might be in your prayer closet and just go, God, I declare, I declare in the name of Jesus that he will pick up his dirty underwear. He, he will in Jesus' name. He will pick up his plates and put them away. Speak life. Amen? This is a real talk today, isn't it? Real life. Third thing is this. Worship team, you guys can come on up. The third thing is this. Everything starts at the top. Everything starts at the top. So let me show you this picture of this mountain, okay? How many know this? That whatever happens at the peak, the tip of that mountain is going to flow all the way down to the bottom, right? Whatever starts at the top, it's going to flow down. Parents, let me challenge you. Grandparents, let me challenge you. Whatever starts at the top will flow down. If you are passionate about Jesus and Jesus in your home, there will be a passion in your children. Amen? Can, can I just say this? It, it, is, it is not our job at Elevate Church to get your kids saved. It's our job to partner with you. So the other day, me and Luke are on the way to school. I'm taking Luke to school, okay? And we are singing this old song uh, about diarrhea. How many of you remember that song, okay? And he is singing this song, and we are, we are singing this song together. We're just, he's laughing. I'm laughing. I'm like, great way to start the day, okay? And, and we're, just, we're, just, we're just talking, all right? And then literally, you know how kids are? You can, you can switch a conversation like that, right? Like their, their minds are just like everywhere. You know what I mean? And then he asked me, he said, is Jesus and the Holy Spirit the same? I'm like, that's a great question for a seven-year-old. And so we're in the car. I just start talking about Jesus. I start talking about the Holy Spirit. I start talking about God the Father, Right? And I'm just, I'm sharing all this stuff. And I'm like, man, Jesus is so good. He loves you so much. He died for all your mistakes. And he doesn't like mistakes. Like mistakes are a big deal to him. Like his goal is to get purple every day. Purple is the best, this color every day at school. And he doesn't want mistakes. 
So I'm like, Jesus died for your mistakes. He goes, why did he die? I said, he died so that you, so that you don't go to hell. And he goes, well, what's hell? So I started talking about hell and he goes, I don't want to go there. And I'm like, yeah. And we're just talking about Jesus in the car. And I go, Luke, do you want to accept Jesus? And he goes, I love it. It's just seven-year-old. He goes, sure. <laughs> I was like, awesome. And he just, we just prayed together on the way to school. And we just got to school. And he got his Mickey bag. And I said, hey, I love you. You're going to have a great day. Whatever's in you will flow down. Whatever is in you. So um, let me share this with you. I remember the show, Taxi Cab Confessionals. I'm going to share a little confession with you today. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes I cheat on all of you with this church called Elevation Church. Stephen Furtick, okay? You guys can keep playing. Show that clip. Just keep playing. But he's going to leave you now because you're struggling with this. Do you really think that God did all of that and saw you through all these dangers and toils and snares and his grace is going away now? Why would God bring you this far to leave you? All right, all right, all right. So, so a couple years ago, me and Jess had the opportunity to go there, okay? And we know some people there, and they were like, uh, we have special seats for us, okay? And uh, they were on the front, front row, okay? Like, like right there, okay? Like Stephen Furtick was spitting on me, and I was like, all right, let's do this. And, um, and like, we're there, and like, like, people are just standing up all the time. Like, come on! Praise God. Let's go. And I was like, whoa, this is real. Like people are going at it. They got, they got a passion. And, and like, let me just be honest with you. Like sometimes, sometimes I'm up here and then I am preaching my heart out. And, and there's people that are like falling asleep and, and you look like a bobblehead. Okay, you're like, and I'm just like, oh, cool. I must be doing a great job today, you know? Sometimes I'm up here and I'm preaching my best. I've worked so hard all week. And you guys look at me like, man, when can we get to Cracker Barrel? I am, I am hungry. So listen, sometimes, sometimes I'm up here. I'm like, we need people to give. We need people to serve. We need more leaders. Y'all, you just staring at me like I'm the devil. And I'm like, come on trying to reach a city and if I'm just being honest with you there, there's some moments that on a Sunday afternoon or a Monday I just go man I have failed I, I have failed I, I, I'm just I'm not enough I'm just not enough and what can happen sometimes in those moments your heart can just get cold your heart can get hard your heart can just get, you know, a little, a little worn out. 
but what, but what did I just talk about? Everything starts at the top and flows down. So what can happen even in, even in Elevate Church? If my heart gets cold, if my heart gets hard, if my heart gets out of place, it can do what? It can just flow down. It can just flow down. Sometimes, sometimes, we got to let the Lord correct some attitudes. Right? Yesterday, we get done with Ben's basketball game. We're at Big Dog's Pizza. I have this horrible headache, just horrible headache. And I look at Dr. Ryan, I'm like, hey, can you adjust me right here in the middle of Big Dog's Pizza? And so he goes, yeah, yeah, sit down. So I sit down in this chair. Some of you have seen this like after church. You think that he's like breaking me in half, you know what I mean? And so I sit down in his chair and he like takes my head and he's like turning my head and he like turns it and it just cracks. And this little boy in the restaurant looks at me like, did he just kill you? Did he just break your neck? You know what I mean? And then he like does the other side and his eyes are like as just huge. He's like just staring at me like, what is happening? And I looked at him and I was like, no, 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 no. I need this. This, this is realigning my neck. I need this. I need this. Sometimes the Lord has to adjust our attitudes. This was a couple months ago. I was, I was praying and I was, I'll just be honest. I was just frustrated with some stuff happening in our church. I'm just like telling the Lord, like I'm frustrated and I'm mad and I'm mad at you. And, you know, I feel like I'm Moses. You know what I mean? Like, why God? You know what the Lord's response was? You asked me for these people. You prayed for these people. I brought you these people. I gave you exactly what you asked for. Sometimes we're like, God, why him? Why is he my husband? Why, God, do I have this job? Why, God, this? We're really going, God, I see greener grass somewhere else, and I want the other grass. I want the other. I want the other. And God will go, do you remember 10 years ago when you were praying and you asked me for him? Do you remember me? Do you remember when you asked for that job? Do you remember? And I gave it to you. You just stopped watering it. Oh, you just stopped watering it. And because you stopped watering it, it's become dead. It's like, it's like an old nasty pond with no fresh water and it becomes just gross and it becomes green and there's no movement. And God goes, just water it again. Just water it again. I don't know, like, I love how God created the earth. It shows us his nature and his character. When grass dies in the summer, when it's hot and it's dead and it's brittle and it's hard and the ground is hard, what do you got to do? You just got to water it. Amen? You just got to water it. And when you water it, what happens? Even in the heat of the summer, it comes back full and fresh and green and lush. Amen? 
I challenge you? Let's go into 22, starting right now. Let's start watering our souls. Let's start watering those dead areas. Let's start speaking to the dead places in our life. Let's start speaking to our marriage. Let's start speaking to our job. Let's start speaking to these hard things. Let's water. Let's grow. Amen. Why don't you stand up this morning?